This is Buildcast, hosted by Alex Kim and Fei Fan Wan. This podcast is about the story of two friends building and launching an iPhone app called Core 15. Welcome to our journey. So here we are on the top of the first episode. We've been talking about doing this for a long time, and now we're finally doing it. Yeah, I'm really glad. We're both big fans of podcasting, and podcasting has always been this thing that's kind of in the distance and kind of scary. I'm just really glad that we're actually doing something with the microphone, <laughs> <laughs> and it feels fun to well something with a microphone that doesn't involve karaoke. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean I can karaoke all day long, but、right. actually talking to it and not saying ums and uhs. Actually, having a good radio voice—I never thought that was actually going to be possible for me. But I'm just, you know, I'm kind of、uh, overwhelmed. I guess. Yeah, me too. And so, what was what has been your motivation getting into the project that we were working on? Yeah, so I started off my career as a web developer, primarily programming in Ruby and JavaScript, and I have been watching for a long time from a distance. As far as the development and progress in the mobile space, especially iOS development, and after Swift shipped, I became really intrigued in、uh, just making an iPhone app on my own and being able to ship one and how that feels. But more importantly, I've always wanted to be my own boss, and indie development seemed like it was it was one of the components that I can explore. To get there, so I kind of started pitching you on the idea of creating an app together, in which we're actually going to charge money and see if people would pay for it, and if people would, can we get them to keep paying for it for one, and for two, can we get a lot of people to pay for it? In which case, maybe we can both work on it full time and just like truly be passionate about what we work on. Absolutely, and for me too, coming from a pure visual design background, it's always been intriguing for me to figure out how do I make a consistent living off of this. And I think this is the first time I'm actually realistically answering that for myself, and that's been really exciting to figure out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because it feels like the deck is kind of stacked against us. Because from what I've been reading, there's this whole concept of The Indieopolis, right? It's basically if you look at the top of the charts on the App Store, all the top apps are things like Starbucks and Nike, right? It's just like huge corporations with a lot of money and resources. So I don't know. Like, do you feel like we can do this? For me, I feel that I go into many of my projects or any of my design projects. But pretty much in blind optimism, <laughs> and so I feel that's going to be something that's going to be revealed in our working relationship. Where、yeah. where does the realism apply for me, and where can I also strategically apply that optimism in、yeah. healthy ways to keep driving us forward? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me too. I feel like really the programming part of it is really the easiest part, right? So things like learning Swift and learning iOS and 
and even learning Objective C and and everything like that. I feel like that's what I've been training myself on for all this time. But as far as how do we actually enter a market that we do not understand whatsoever, and getting familiar with the ecosystem that is very sort of foreign, foreign.、Yeah. And I don't know. Would you call that like the wild wild west or? I don't know. I feel like it's not really that anymore. Given that all the big players have entered and kind of like established themselves on the top of the charts, and you know they stay there. Right. 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 I think a little bit of that is still them imposing old world tactics,、uh-huh. old world web tactics, and old world web resourcing、yeah. against this new mobile market. I still agree that it feels like with the Wild West where. Indie developers and indie app makers can come in and still be able to have a showdown at sundown with some of the bad, big、yeah. bad boys. Yeah,、and、I think that's the thing that keeps this whole story pretty exciting. Yeah, and you know, I feel like I am confident that we can we can do something in this space because I think our app idea is a lot more focused than. What a lot of apps that I see are nowadays, right? So we're not trying to build a, another social network. We're not trying to build like an RSS reader, which I don't know. Like I feel like that's going to be really difficult to succeed on the App Store nowadays. But you know, the category that we're shooting for is very specifically fitness, and even within fitness, we're shooting very specifically for core workouts. And that's one of the reasons I feel a little bit easier in terms of being able to sleep at night, <laughs> right? In, right? Like investing all these crazy amount of hours into this project, right? Right? Like, and and not being able to pay for it because, like, from our backgrounds, from the agency world, every hour that we devote to a project, whether or not the project's going to be successful, we're going to get paid, right? Right? So. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the other thing that's been very exciting for me is to finally figure out what it would mean to be your own boss. Your own <laughs> boss, isn't that、yeah. everybody's dream? Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, I would say most people's yeah, dream. But yeah, definitely mine and yours. Yeah. So for for those of you that don't live in the Bay Area. Which is where we live.、Uh, that's kind of like a constant conversation topic. We come across a lot of people that work at big tech companies or medium-sized startups or even smaller startups. And the one thing they they always talk about is, "Oh yeah, you know, I want to try this job out for a couple years, and eventually, I want to be my own boss or do my own thing." I feel like we're doing that in a way. Right now, right as we speak. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to see. I'm really excited to be myself five months from now or six months from now and listen back to this episode or all the previous episodes and be like, "Hmm, yeah, like I'm pr- I'm proud of what we built." Or like, "Oh, that was such a bad idea." <laughs> I'm glad I'm doing something else now. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I learned quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that I wanted to have the audience know is how we came about this specific app idea that we're calling Core Fifteen, which、right、is、now. what? Oh, that we're calling Core Fifteen, Core One Five. 
Essentially, a little bit of the broad stroke is that it's a mobile workout app that's going to really make it easy to plan your core exercises so you don't have to think too much about it. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll definitely get more into detail later, but at the high level, that's our little elevator pitch. But you know, I guess for Faye, I have a question of how you came up with this idea initially when you presented it to me and got me on board. Yeah, so since I started learning about uh, iOS programming, I've been just kind of like keeping a little list of app ideas. And one of the ideas that I sort of had is that I go to uh, I go to a gym right next door, and there is a class at the gym that basically is just thirty minutes of pure ab workouts, uh, and it's really intense. Uh, the coach is great, and there are no breaks, and it's uh, it's a huge variety of different exercises. But I found myself having trouble with. Replicating a lot of these exercises and memorizing them uh, when I was working out on my own, and I kind of wish that I just had a way of like uh, having these kind of workouts bunched up into a certain amount of like really digestible time periods. Um, you know, anywhere between ten to thirty minutes, where I can just pull out and do a workout when I have time, and know that the workout is something that I'm gonna like. And I figure that could be a great iOS app. So, as you can see, you know the number one five is in our app name. So the time period that we're going after is 15 minutes because it's、uh, very actionable, digestible, and it doesn't take a lot of time. But at the same time, you can really make an impact on your health、uh, if you do it every day. Even if it's just 15 minutes, and that's the kind of thing that we want to help people to achieve in their lives、uh, with this app. Yeah, and Faith pretty much told that to me in the little side conference room, and immediately we got to sketching on a whiteboard, getting excited about how we're going to build this out and what kind of components and features we might have. So it was kind of like a it was like a fun little exercise to start off with, for sure. Yeah, so let's get right into it. So once we kind of like、um, melted our brain on the idea, and we both were excited about it, being makers, it's really difficult to not want to start making immediately. So we did. Alex went straight into designing a landing page and sort of how the app might look like. And I went straight into building a landing page and and playing around with Xcode, but one of the things that we sort of immediately ran into was that、uh, when we talked to our close friends about the idea, we had a hard time like telling them about who our ideal customers are and what problems exactly our app was supposed to solve. So in other words, we didn't really think about the customer's problem hard enough, and it was difficult for us to really articulate whether or not it was really even a worthy problem to solve, other than it was scratching one of our itches. But we went straight to our inclinations, which is design, which is development, which is where we know where we solve problems. It becomes really easy to become tactical and feel like we're making a lot of progress in that aspect. So I think that's a really good point for me too. And I think back on 
the first couple of days where I thought, oh, to make a good product, it has to be manifested purely through my design prowess, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the way this is going to be a great app. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely as we go through, we're going to start realizing, we started realizing that there's so much more involved than just mm-hmm. the pure design and development work. So. Well, on that point, um, are you seeing a lot of friends of yours who are makers uh, who have a lot of ideas that they want to do, are you seeing a lot of them jumping into development and designing right off the bat? Um, yeah, or? I think so. I think we, you know, for me personally, I, I grew up with like a network of my college friends who were all in this traditional like graphic design type of uh, of a degree and classes that were all visual design based. So we definitely fall into that category of uh, practitioners who just like building things for the sake of building things and mm-hmm. making things look pretty for the sake of making things look pretty and conceptualizing the newest like UX paradigm that's going to blow mm-hmm. everybody's heads off and uh, I think that's the way that I see a lot of my colleagues working towards their side projects as well mm-hmm. before um, conceptualizing like the bigger picture mm-hmm. or like what environment the app is going to like land in or who's going to yeah. use it or like how it's going to solve a problem for a market or not and yeah. all these other things that become important about us identifying that question of why or why not are people using what we're building, right? So Yeah, I definitely see a lot with my friends who are um, engineers who have these kind of uh, very sort of specific ideas that scratch their own itches and they immediately jump into building, but a lot of the times they don't really see returns on their effort. So that's one of the things that we would really like to keep ourselves accountable throughout the process is that we want to be solving a problem that can actually be addressed by a software solution. And and I think one of the metrics that we, we, we would want to hold ourselves against down the road, I think it's pretty easy, which is um, like, can we actually get people to use the app and can we actually make money from the app? And all of those things we'll be sharing with you guys as we go through this journey to get from zero to burritos. <laughs> so anyways, next up, once we kind of had this realization, we regrouped. And we did this uh, break, this sort of worksheet from this fantastic book called Brain Audit, which is basically a book that walks you through a lot about focusing on designing your solution from the perspective of solving the customer's problems. So basically what the product of this worksheet is that it forced us to come up with the top three customer problems and uh, something that has to be unique and something that has to be in a position where our solution is in the position to, to address. Um, so if you want to see what this worksheet looks like, make sure to click on the link in the show notes. So basically, once we did the worksheet, we came up with three top problems. The first one is... And this is addressed from the perspective of the user. The first one is, I don't want to have to choose 
which exercises to do before and during the workout. The second one is I don't feel motivated working out by myself. The third one is I need consistency in my workout. Alex, do you want to elaborate on yeah. these three real quick? And so I think what Brain Audit does a really good job of is gives you a list of questions that really help to narrow and focus down uh, some of these problems that we just listed. Initially, they tell you to list uh, about 10 different ones and then start narrowing it down to three and then narrow even that three down to the one you want to focus at any given moment. And so uh, we definitely highly recommend Brain Audit as like a first step to get some clarity with your teammates and get some clarity with um, the market you want to try to reach out to. So we actually, after doing those uh, that problem worksheet, started uh, identifying the customers as well because, uh, like Faye said, this is in the perspective of what the customer's needs are and what their problem is and what they're trying to do, like what job they're trying to solve for. And that got us uh, thinking a lot about what our, what our messaging goals are, how we're going to start speaking to these uh, types of groups and to these uh, groups of people. And uh, that got us to uh, the step of identifying, once again, what we feel comfortable about doing, which was talking about uh, the grand level discussions, uh, talking about the landing page, uh, talking about uh, and how that manifests in the app. Yeah, so one of the things I really like about the coming up with three problems approach is that it gives us something to talk to our customers about, or at least our potential customers about. It gives us a base from which we can validate whether or not these are actual problems that people experience. So as opposed to basically going to them and having nothing and asking really open-ended questions, which oftentimes results in very vague outcomes. It gets really awkward really quick. You yeah. know you're doing something wrong when there's that dead air for a little bit or uh, the responses end up being... Something along the lines of, oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to a date where you have very specific goals of saying, do you want to get married? Would you like to have children? <laughs> and what do you think about baseball as opposed to, uh, what, what do you like to do on Saturdays? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you can say that. <laughs> Just makes it easier. It yeah. makes it easier for y'all dating experts out there. <laughs> <laughs> All three of you listening. <laughs> There's a high probability that 90% of those people are dating experts. Actually, I should say 60 to be more mathematically correct. Yeah. Are dating experts? No, I have dealt with this exact problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who dates, that's our, that's our demographic. <laughs> You're not dating it's going to turn to a dating app. No. <laughs> it's a way where you can meet other attractive singles who wants to work on their abs together. That sounds interesting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not joking. That does kind of sound interesting. Alex, Alex Bloomberg, we're right here. Talk to us. <laughs> From the same session, we did another 
exercise, which was basically we wanted to kind of come up with a set of words uh, that we could use to describe ourselves, or a, rather a set of adjectives that we could use to describe ourselves from a brand level, from a landing page level, and from an app level. So what that means. Is from a brand,、um, you, you know, if you think about a product like Slack or Mailchimp, right? I think about them as very fun, very non-threatening, informal, informal. Yet they are there to help me get shit done, to take care of business. So those are the kind of things we want to determine because from some of the early designs that. We had it was not clear sort of what voice we were going after, and especially looking at a lot of the apps that we admire. You know, that like I could kind of definitely like pull out some adjectives that could that could describe those apps, and I feel like we were lacking that. So the result of that exercise, which we'll also share with you guys. So from the brand level, you know, we came up with、uh, a lot of adjectives like honesty, accessible, consistency, habit-forming, engaging, progress-oriented.、Uh, just name a few.、Uh, but then what we did was that we grouped them into three categories. And those and those categories, we kind of like lined them up with somebody that we would know intimately. So there was one category that was all about like very hardcore stuff, right? Like systematic, results oriented, progress oriented, right? So the tough trainer personality that we all know. Kind of like the no pain, no gain. No、person. pain, no gain.、Yeah. You're all about there to get your six pack and all that. But do it, do it, Lars. Yeah, do it harder. Don't take breaks. <laughs> so we gave we gave that person Mr. T, right? So the very he's a little bit intimidating. We already know. Like we we feel like we're almost forced to work really hard. And then the next one is. Uh, Clive, which is a trainer, really encouraging, a nice trainer that Alex used to work with, and these words are like accessible, consistency, get to it quickly, it gets out of your way, it's efficient, right? It's very, it's more neutral in that sense, and we kind of thought of it as the user experience level、uh, adjectives that we would like to go after. And then the last one is we called it voice, but we also called it Alex Kim, who is kind of like just the nicest guy, right? Like Alex Kim, if you don't know, is the other guy on the show. <laughs> This other voice. So he is. His voice is really fun and non-threatening. It just kind of calms you down a lot. And we wanted to see if we could sort of like put that voice into the app, right? So those words are like honesty, engaging. It celebrates your progress. It's encouraging. So you know that sort of like gives us a lot of foundation in terms of our copy and the copy either from a landing page, our ads, or within the app. I think that's really important too because. 
if you read a lot of blogs or read a lot of content around marketing, it becomes very systematic and very just one, two, three, follow these steps, these will give you success. Yeah. And a lot of it becomes very evident once you start reading back the material you're building off of some of these uh, great resources, but it, it makes your content sound and your marketing content sound really robotic, like it was actually from a cookie cutter, yeah. <laughs> like it's from a cookie cutter template. And it becomes really, at, at least to my ears now, very obvious. So identifying some of these voices, and then also for us, identifying pe- like exact people that we know that can help to represent the voices became really important because then we could start really, really replicating it. Um, not just even in, not just in an abstract way too, but like we could literally look across the table and I could ask, hey, do you think Alex would really say this? Or do you think Clyde would actually say something like this? And it, yeah. make, it makes us a little bit more, um, uh, get to that human voice a little yeah. more effectively. And we actually use that to do our landing page copy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Yeah, so we, you know, I think the landing page is a great, great example of where copy could just run amok. It could become that, like that disease that, uh, proliferates the entire page and scrolls like, mm-hmm. you know, 5,000 pixels deep of just all of these words that initially we all feel, oh, we got to be comprehensive. We got to get all of the different angles to make this work for every single person in the world. And those are usually the, you know, the sales pages or the landing pages that become just so cumbersome to get through and to read and mm-hmm. just feels very excessive. So immediately we, we we had that page initially when we started up earlier on when we were just getting into build mode, started realizing that we needed to take a step back, remove ourselves from a lot of the heavy visualizations and exactly how the page flows and goes and gets and looks the way it looks and be a little bit more direct about how we're going to take this voice, how we're going to communicate our values, uh, and, and and go into setting that down um, in, in the copy. So we went really, really lightweight with uh, just identifying the, uh, the words, um, the main value points, and just trying to stick to that. So in the landing page, the way that we identified a lot of these points uh, were to um, take in the voice of Clyde as far as representing the solution in a very helpful, friendly way, presenting the value propositions uh, to you uh, clearly and in a, in a friendly way, and being able to really illustrate the end thing that you're getting, which is this mobile app, which we did not have uh, earlier on. And after identifying it in terms of uh, our voice where we're being honest and we are uh, presenting what you need. We wanted to make sure that we were going to present uh, the mobile app and present it in its in its form, even though we didn't you know exactly what the design was going to be. Just throw up a little uh, mock of like an iPhone screen with some uh, content in it, just so that the user feels, oh yeah, like, you know, there is no confusion about what I'm actually getting, uh, especially in a market where there's so many products where 
you don't know if you're going to end up buying pills at the end of the discussion. You don't know if you're going to have to run 700 miles. You don't know whether the people involved are, are they selling you snake oil? Um, there was a lot of that level of dishonesty that we wanted to really cut through. So we, it was very important for us to just be right up front. This is a mobile app. This is how it's going to feel like. This is how it's going to look like. And on the landing page, this is how we're going to sound like as we present it out. So that was very important in terms of us trying to revamp the landing page and present a lot of that information yeah. up front. Yeah, and from an app level, what we wanted to do was uh, we wanted to showcase the workouts. We wanted to give the user a lot of feedback on the element of time because we are sort of giving us this time box of 15 minutes, right? So that's where the consistency comes from is that you know that you just need to do this and follow this workout for 15 minutes and, you know, if you do it every day, you're going to see results, right? But it is difficult. It is hard. So we want to make sure that the user knows, you know, how much we're in time there they are at any given moment. I want to give them feedback on techniques, things to watch out for, specific parts of the body that they need to be paying attention to. Uh, whether that's through trainer, voice instructions, or what have you. We want to focus on the video of the trainer. Uh, we wanted to demonstrate the trainer's personality and some ways where we can actually kind of make sure that the user is establishing some kind of a relationship with the trainer. And we want to give the app a variety of workouts. And uh, we wanted to make sure that the user can get to the workout in no more than one tap at any given moment. And lastly, we want to make sure that the workout is only going to require a mat, which we felt was pretty important because we didn't want this app to be dependent on the fact that the user has to subscribe to a fancy gym, they need to buy expensive equipment, any of that stuff. Yeah. And we went at that barrier really low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that sort of like... What we were excited about also is that then anybody can sort of just get the app and do it at home, uh, maybe in their office or maybe even in the, in the park. Um, waiting for the bus. Waiting for the bus, <laughs> walking their dogs. Man, you always have 15 minutes in your day. Right. But what that kind of allowed us to do was that it really liberated us in terms of design directions and copy directions once we have these bullet points, we could just kind of refer to that and make sure we're always kind of following that as we go along. So what we did next was that we actually redesigned our landing page in this software product called Balsonic, which is really rough website and app sort of layout and prototyping tool. It doesn't really allow for, or it doesn't really encourage for any kind of color. It's, it's very much like it, it was sketched up or it was like drawn up by a pen or a pencil, what have you. It's a nice little sharpie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that forced us to strip the landing page down to its bare bones. And only focus on the layout of the page and also the messaging. Mm -hmm. 
of the page and how that would look in tandem, uh, not so much the colors and the special effects and you know anything that really didn't contribute to the user ultimately converting on the site, which was give us their email address and actually phone number as well. Which we wanted to experiment so, with. Do you want to explain the little phone number thing really quickly, just to yeah. let them know why we're even capturing that? Yeah, so we're also trying to capture phone numbers on top of emails because it's one of those things where we could directly get into the user's text message inbox and give them a link to download the app. Whereas, you know, email is very cluttered and, you know, who even knows if you're going into their spam box or not. We know that if the user gives us the phone number, additionally is that they really would like to have the app. So it's a really good signal to have. But, you know, we're making that optional. Uh, It's a good experiment to have. So that's kind of where we are at this point in time. Next up, we're going to try to start talking to some potential users. Uh, it's mostly just friends and friends and f- friends of friends. And we are also going to try to talk to a few trainers to see how they feel about the app, whether or not 15 minutes is even the right amount of time to do. And, and really use the problems that we came up with off the top to, to see if, the, if it really resonates uh, with the people that would be potential users of the app. Yeah, the last thing we would want is to talk to some of these trainers who've been doing it all their lives and have them hearing from them, oh, yeah, you're getting it all in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, the ideal time is actually an hour, so... <laughs> 15 minutes doesn't do anything for you. Right, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. before we build the app, we definitely want to know those kind of things. And the idea is to de-risk the whole operation so that we can sort of get into build mode and without having any kind of doubts about whether or not we're solving the right problem. Yeah, and as a practitioner, I think that's the golden the golden space to be working in when you don't have to worry about all the other things that took a lot of hard work to figure out, but now you're kind of setting that as kind of like a backdrop in which you could just run and gun and just mm-hmm. make awesome stuff and put it out there and give yeah. it a shot and test it against the people that you're trying to solve a problem for. So that's definitely where I enjoy yeah. working the most. Yeah. 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 Setting that up for ourselves. Yeah. And setting up ourselves for that kind of success. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, the the goal is also we want to get into the the mode where we're just doing what we're good at, which is programming, designing. But at the same time, we're we also want to be business people. We also want to be savvy with whether or not this app has any kind of future in the app store or in as far as the time that we're investing in, we want to make sure that this is going to be a good investment. Buildcast is brought to you by Fei Fan Wan and Alex Kim. You can find our episodes at buildcast.fm and you can find the app that we're building at core15.co. Feel free to chat with us or ask us any questions on Twitter at buildcast.fm. Thanks for listening. See you next time.